0: Welcome to Yolitics, the home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome
0: back to uh,
1: another week of Yolitics as we are now coming down that stretch run. You can see sort of the finish line there uh, as we head into the midterms here, Jason. And the ballot's getting set uh, and there's names on it that some people are not happy with.
2: Yeah. And some names on it that people don't know. You're like, who's this person? Yeah. And, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about in this podcast here, because there's always a Republican and Democrat on most uh, races that you see on on the ballot. But then there are some other folks on the ballot that that people might see and like, I'm not really sure who this is or I'm not really sure what that party stands for. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, here in this podcast,
1: yeah, because there's been an effort to remove yeah. some of those names uh, from the ballot as well. Uh, quite a few of them, and 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 we're going to discuss that today. First, though, uh, what are you drinking, my good today?
2: man? Um, I pulled out a classic, and I I, I uh, want to crack this one open here on the podcast. I have a jersey. Ah, yes. This is a fine Polish a lager. This is brewed by Celestial Brew Works. Uh, a Beer Works, rather. Celestial Beer Works in Dallas on Butler Street uh, on the north side of, uh, of downtown. And uh, two sisters are uh, help run this place, or they, they're the owners, Molly and Madeline. And this beer is dedicated to their grandfather, who was uh, from Poland. Mm-hmm. He escaped uh, the deteriorating situation over there in the 1930s. And he ended up working at a, a, a brewery somewhere in Poland uh before he finally escaped and uh and moved to the United States but he is a holocaust survivor he just recently died and you and I were shooting a um something else we need to do a podcast over there right. at Celestial Beer Works but we're shooting right. something else over there and we had this beer they gave us one to take home and it is the first thing I've cracked uh since we uh, had the visit good beer and yeah. a
1: great story. Uh, and they write the whole story on the can, which I love. And and she did the drawing of his face and everything on there. It's very personal. Uh, really cool. Cool place, too. Celestial uh, Beer uh, Beer Works uh, in Dallas near Love Field. Uh, I am having a, since you, you got me up today uh, for this podcast, we're recording this earlier than, uh, let's 7:30 say, that a. I, a. Than I Man, like. It's
2: okay. It's 7.30. <laughs> uh,
1: I don't like to recognize anything before 9 a.m., Uh, And so, um, I'm having a Convict Hill oatmeal stout this morning because, uh, you know, didn't have time to squeeze in breakfast. Um, And uh, this is a Texas-made Where's it from? And it says it's robust and ready.
2: Yeah, I bet it is. So, what does that oatmeal taste like?
1: (laughs) Starting off with a stout here. Oh, my gosh. Wow.
2: So, we we did a podcast uh, a few episodes back, and uh, I, I got a an email from a guy i didn't know um his name is kevin hale he is the party chair for the uh, dallas county libertarians and he said hey you were talking about this one uh, this one conversation but you didn't include us you didn't have us on and we have just as much right to be on talking about the november election and where we stand on issues than anybody else so i, I reached out to him mm-hmm. and said hey you know yeah look, we will give you a call uh but then the headline started popping Jason about what the Republicans mm-hmm. were doing to the Libertarians in this state.
1: Right, and then you said, uh, okay, now we really are <laughs> definitely giving you a call uh, because what happened here is that uh, you know Republicans sued uh, or they didn't sue, they went to court, they tried to keep uh, a lot of these Libertarians off the ballot come November. And and basically they said, look, they didn't pay the, fi- the, the fee that they're supposed to pay to get onto the ballot. That's required here in Texas. Uh, the court, the the Supreme Court of Texas, didn't even take up that whole argument on the merits. You know, so so they haven't ruled yet uh, on you know should you or should you not have to pay that fee uh, because there is some disagreement over that. Instead, the Texas Supreme Court said to the Republicans. Um, you waited too long to bring this to our attention these folks you know have been on the ballot since april they you know the, the you know you've known about them for all this time you waited until august to, to bring this to our attention and the court really took a position here and said you know we're not going to take candidates off the ballot uh, quote at a late hour to constrain the choices available to voters in an election Uh, You should have brought this sooner. And so those names are still on the ballot. Problem there is, for Republicans anyway, they feel like when a libertarian is on the same ballot as them, whether it's a two way race, a three way, four way race, whatever, that those libertarians siphon votes away from the Republican candidate. And so, you know, might we see that happen? Possibly. Uh, we definitely have a better chance of seeing that happen now, though, than if Republicans had been successful and kept those libertarians. Yeah, Jason, this ballot. is
2: all about these races are tightening up in Texas. The Democrats are getting closer mm-hmm. and closer in a lot of races, especially statewide races to the Republicans. And so if you have the libertarians mm-hmm. coming in at three and four percent, getting that much of the vote and these other races that between the Democrats and Republicans are three, four of five percent, you know, difference. The Republicans don't want to take any chances, and that's the strategy there. Yeah. Hey, libertarians, let's find a reason to get you off the ballot. We agree on a lot of things, or we did in the past, at least. Uh, let's get you off the ballot. That was the legal kind of uh, the the background that was going on. And this isn't unique to Texas. This has been happening in other states here and there, but it, it played out in Texas recently. And that simple three-page uh, opinion from the Texas Supreme Court just uh, two or three weeks ago was pretty straightforward. Hey, you should have done this earlier, mm-hmm. GOP, if you had a problem with it. Mm-hmm. So getting back to our friend Kevin mm-hmm. Hale, he uh, sent me an email and said, listen, we're libertarians. We have as much of a right to be on here as anybody else. So we gave him a call. We we, we reached out to him. He is not only the uh, party chair in Dallas County for the Libertarian Party, he's also running for Congress. He knows it is a slog to get there. Kevin, we're about seven weeks from... The election in November. You guys heard a podcast we did the other day, and you reached out to me immediately and said, hey, why aren't you including our voice in this? This has
3: been an uphill battle for you guys for years. For decades. <laughs> Literally for decades. Um, the, the two old parties have made it a, a they've, they've done a good job of not letting us be looked at as, um, let's say, as a as a party that can win. Uh, that's not true. We have 350 offices that we hold currently in, in uh, as elected officials.
2: Is that in Texas or, or where is that? No, that's
3: nationwide. We, we hold 350 uh, elected offices. Uh, the, the highest uh, elected office we have. Well, we actually have two Riverside County in California. The supervisor there is Libertarian, Jeff Hewitt, and also the state legislator in Wyoming, uh, Marshall Burt is also a uh is our, one of our highest uh, uh elected officials but, currently yeah but I think then in Texas,
2: though, you guys are still uh, just only yeah. at the county levels, city, city council, yeah, muni- county municipal commission levels.
3: County level. Uh, we current, we have one mayor currently in Largo Vista. Uh, we just recently lost a mayor in uh, Big Spring. Uh, but that's how elections go. Uh, Why can't you break the surface in any, in any of the other larger offices like
2: the one you're running for? Well, for I
3: think because there's uh, an R, a D and an L behind our names. Hmm. Uh, I think a lot of people will vote for us if there's not uh, a a letter behind our name. That's why we're winning a lot of municipal races. Uh, It's harder for us to win the races where there's actually a a, a label behind our name. Um, I would love it if they would just put our names on the the ballot. And that way people have to go do some research uh, and they can't just pick the team that they think represents them. Um, I can show them plenty of examples where they don't represent them. Um, but I won't go into that. Um, my hope is that people have had enough and I'm seeing that when I'm talking to people on the streets and block walking and doing sine waves, they've had enough of the two old parties. Most of them have decided not to vote, which is sad because their voices voices now have just been lost. Um, we're on the ballot for those people. I, I accept the protest vote. I love the protest vote. I mean, it's the most powerful vote there is right now is to say that you've had enough. Um, my hope is that I provide solutions and people see me as a guy that has solutions, not a guy that's pointing fingers or perpetuating the fear and hate politics that we're obviously uh, suffering from right now
1: so you are out there doing you know sort of retail politics you're 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 meeting voters uh where they are uh i'm curious you know i'm sure that you get some people who come up and go ah oh, so good to see you i'm a libertarian too i, I support libertarians every chance i get right. but by and large i would imagine a lot of people you come across are not libertarians they're something else or they're nothing uh, you know that they can describe but do you get people do, do you get people who tell you hey i'm a Republican." They're firmly in control here in Texas, but I don't want them in there. Or I'm a Democrat. We don't have control here in Texas. And I want to keep it that way. And I want to vote for someone else. What do you hear from from voters who are affiliated?
3: The voters that I that I talk to that are affiliated, I point out to that. And this is my elevator pitch when I finally when I get to talk to them, I said, it doesn't matter if you're a Republican or Democrat. I'm offering you what they haven't delivered. Republicans promised to cut spending, but in 2017, they passed the omnibus bill. At that time, it was the largest spending bill in U.S. history. Democrats have promised us criminal justice reforms, but none of those bills left the House. They've had two years where they've had complete control of the House and Senate where they could have got something to the president's desk, but they didn't. So to me, you're already wasting your vote on people that are not delivering on their promise. I can be a third party that would hold them accountable. I am putting myself in a position because not only am I coming in as, you know, Kevin Hale representing congressional district five, I'm also coming in with the libertarian party, which will make the argument that I should be the house minority leader. I should be in that position if I'm coming in with a third party. The voters have said they've had enough of the two old parties and they elected a libertarian. They're telling Congress or both of the old parties that they've had enough. And if, if I get elected as libertarian, I will be standing up and making the argument that I should be the house minority leader, which would put me in the best position to build bridges between these two old parties that have done nothing but divide us.
2: Do you, do you have democratic friends or Republican friends? And, and, and do y'all
3: get along, man? Yes, very much so. In fact, I've converted a couple of them to vote for me uh, when they, when they live in my district. Um, I have a lot of friends in the music industry here in in Dallas because I work at Port Davis pub and I did some bookings and stuff before the pandemic. Uh, So I have a lot of left-leaning friends from the, from the music industry. And I have a lot of right-leaning friends from all my friends from East Texas and Garland and Mesquite where I grew up. Uh, So it's, it's interesting that I, that I'm running this race and that they see me as a guy that they can trust. Uh, And, because I haven't pointed fingers and said, "You know, blah blah, blah, this, blah blah, blah that." what I've said is here's a solution to that problem uh, wouldn't
2: but but Kevin, wouldn't you get further if if you just ran as a Republican or ran as a Democrat and decided to do what you wanted to do?
3: Uh, i've I've told people that if I got fifty thousand votes in this election, that I would primary the incumbent in the Republican primary.
2: So if you get fifty thousand votes in the November
3: election, I will I will primary him in March of twenty four. Well, you you when I asked that will be enough to at least make that primary interesting. But if I only get like I did last time, only fifty eight hundred votes, two percent of the vote, then it's not worth it for me to go primary him because Hmm. then I'm out uh, in March if I lose. Hmm. Get it? If I if I if I go in as a libertarian, like which I am a libertarian, uh, if I go in as a libertarian. I, and I win as a libertarian. That sends a different message to both parties. But if I come in as a Republican and lose in the primary, then it's no. Then I'm out because we have sore loser laws here in Texas. So, so
1: Kevin, are are you one of these ones uh, who didn't pay the filing fee to get on the ballot, and and that really upset Republicans?
3: Uh, actually, I wanted to make sure that I was a thorn in the side of my incumbent. Uh, so I paid the filing fee, but I paid it in one dollar bills. I delivered three thousand one hundred twenty five dollars in one dollar bills to the secretary of state. Why didn't you do pennies? Because they won't take coin. OK, uh, it did take them an hour and 10 minutes to count it. But <laughs> it, for their reward, I brought them uh, some very nice cupcakes.
1: Now, why did you pay in one dollar bills? Kind of explain what, what your feelings are about paying that fee.
3: The, this is my problem with the fee. The Libertarian Party or my, or my campaign gets zero benefit for paying the fee. The filing fee that the Republicans and Democrats pay, they actually pay to their own party. They don't pay it to the secretary of state. Hmm. The party then reimburses the secretary of state for the cost of the primary, which is about 19 million dollars every two years. So the filing fees that Republicans and Democrats raise is about four million dollars. So now they're making me pay a filing fee and I get no benefit from it. I don't get to participate in the primary and the and none of that money comes back to help us pay for our conventions. So I'm literally paying a poll tax to be on the ballot. The reason I paid is because I did want to be a, a thorn in the side of the incumbent because I, I think that he's lazy. I think you, he could be a lot better.
1: You make it sound like they, they, they just don't want, competition on the ballot
3: that's exactly what they don't want they've done it this this new this new law that came into effect in 2020 passed in 2019 cut our candidacies in half we had about 150 in 2018 and now we have 75 Hmm. that's how hard it hit us so it's not like we're not trying to provide a choice for voters they've made it so that we can't Uh, they've made it it, it's hard to recruit people when you tell them, oh, by the way, you may have to pay a filing fee that could be as high as, you know, three thousand one hundred and twenty five dollars like mine.
2: Kevin, <laughs> last question I have for you on this is people have predicted a long, for a long time the implosion of the political parties and <laughs> and, you know, the, the the Republican Party has shifted far to the right. Uh, it still has a super strong base, though. Yes. Uh the 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 Democratic Party is is still more center left uh but it has a very outspoken liberal wing as well too far left wing do you ever see a time when the libertarian party might be what you know what people would consider a viable
3: third party where it can give a, a run for the money for the the two big guys we're viable now We really are viable right now. We hold three hundred and fifty elected offices. The problem we have is we don't get enough active candidates. We have a lot of paper candidates. Uh, This is our fault, you know, and we don't have enough money to compete um, in these higher level races like the one I'm in. Let's just put it in perspective. I'm going to raise maybe twenty thousand dollars. My opponent started with two million. (laughs) (laughs) so all of our effort has to be grassroots all of our effort has to be i've what i've been doing is block walking with flyer drops talking to uh, talking to people and the other thing i've been doing is sign waves on the on the sidewalks uh in major intersections because that's going to push my name recognition up and i know that neither of my other opponents is doing that so yeah but you can only do
2: one intersection at a time if you if you run tv spots which are expensive Th- th- then that would certainly, uh, you know, right. hit, hit folks at a lot of intersections.
3: Exactly, and, and I'm and I'm spreading myself around in that sure. in that matter. I, I go to hmm. you know, from North Garland all the way to South South Mesquite, and uh, all those intersections in between. We're working all of those, okay. Uh, and we usually team up and do a block walk with those and a flyer drop, so that at least those those people that drive by me get at least one hit. If hmm. they happen to be in the neighborhood that they that I'm block walking, they get two hits. And if I keep doing this, I can get to the seven hits before the election. So that's my whole that's my whole goal is that they see me seven times out there waving at them, asking them to pull over. uh, That's going to win me more votes than what I did last time.
1: Hmm. Uh, Kevin, uh, before we let you go here, there's been some conjecture that. Uh, Just by being on the ballot, even if, you know, the libertarian candidate doesn't win in November here in Texas, there are some races where they could actually pick off the Republicans, including some some pretty big races. Um, Do you think that that might actually happen, uh, that they would siphon enough votes away to where the Democrat would
3: win? And how do you feel about that? I'm okay with that. Both both of these parties are spoiled. And if we end up being called the spoiler, I'm okay with that. My hope is to turn the Democrat in my race into the spoiler and finish second. Kevin Hill, thank you so much for the time. I Thank you, guys. I appreciate you giving us some uh, real earned media here. And we don't get that often. And um, I just want to say thank you. I really appreciate it. Kevin, thanks for coming on. All right. You're welcome. Thanks, Have buddy. We'll see you, man. come back anytime. You know I will. Kevin Hale
1: there uh running for Congress uh, as a libertarian here in Texas uh interesting thing, Jason, when you hear him say you know i you know I want to win, I want libertarians to win, uh but you know what if the Democrat wins uh that's fine with me too. That doesn't hurt my feelings at all uh there is um you know A little bit of animosity, a little bit of, I I, I think, bad blood uh, now uh, with with some Republicans here in Texas. You you think just a
2: little bit, just just a little bit, maybe
1: a little bit. I'm being moderate. Uh, A little bit of bad blood uh, between them uh, and Republicans here in Texas, just because, you know, of this effort
2: to say you don't belong on the ballot. And you know what? This is not just Republicans who have done this. Democrats also did this absolutely and democrats had success in this a few years back when they knocked off some green party candidates from the ballot for the exact same reason the green party right. you know it it, it it is a little aligns it, probably a tad closer with democrats than it does republicans and those candidates sometimes get two to three percent of the vote Re- democrats yeah. in the state as we know they need every single percent they can get and they didn't like that they went to court they knocked green party candidates off
1: yeah, when you're going up against the two major parties, you are going up against a machine for yeah, sure.
2: Absolutely. So uh, to zoom out on this conversation, uh, you know, Kevin there, Jason, he represents Dallas County and, and he kind of sees what's happening uh, at the granular level in North Texas. But we wanted to reach out to Whitney Bilyeu. She is the, um, uh, the party chairwoman for the state libertarian party. We reached her down in Houston, or at her office there, and and you know, Whitney. Thanks for being on the program here. But but let's start with this. It's a simple question. We're this far into the podcast, and we probably should have asked Kevin off the top here. But for people who do not know, what would you say is a libertarian? <laughs>
0: oh, um, well, it depends on who you ask, I guess. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> uh, speaking for, I guess, myself and and most of the people. M M I my network. Uh, a libertarian is someone who believes in um, putting the principles of individual liberty first. And um, we would consider the individual to be the sovereign, the ultimate sovereign, and uh, should be the one making all the decisions for their own lives and um, in control of, of their life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Hmm. And of course, the fruits of their labor. Um, we seek to minimize the role and impact of government in our daily lives to every extent possible. Um, just trying to, to live free and, and want for, for everyone else.
2: For a long time, that really mirrored the uh, Republican Party. For a long time, the Republican Party had, had some differences as well, too. But you were more closely aligned <coughs> on the conservative side than you were, I think, on the liberal side uh, of politics. But you've never identified as a Republican. You said you've always mm-hmm. identified as a libertarian, right?
0: Yeah, um, I mean, politically homeless, I would say for for most of my Mm -hmm. my younger life, Um, and then the first time I was able to vote for president, I voted for Ross Perot. So I've I've been Mm -hmm. protest voting at least for forever. Um, But yeah, when I eventually discovered the Libertarian Party, it was you know that was it for me. So
1: well, there certainly uh, doesn't sound like there's any love lost now uh, between uh, the parties uh, after what has been going on here in Texas. Can you kind of before we, you know, get down into what happened here, can you characterize sort of the the relationship right now uh between uh the libertarians and the GOP here in Texas after what has transpired?
0: Um, you know, I've been involved directly with the party for uh Almost a little over ten years now, and uh, there has not been a relationship with the Republican Party. If if any, it's been adversarial. Um, you know, they tend to think that we uh, draw from their base, that we still votes from them. We of course think the opposite is true, that they still votes from us. Um, you know, no, they don't have any entitlement to anybody's votes, no more than the Democratic Party does. And so we haven't had an actual relationship. There's been no. You know, no coalitions, no partnerships in any way. It has been and felt adversarial since the beginning, and even more so the last couple cycles, particularly because we've been libertarians have been um, gaining ground and becoming more. You know, now it's it's almost a household name now. You know, people now when they hear libertarian, they don't ask well, what is that. They it's something they've heard of. They may not. They may be misinformed about what libertarians are and what what we believe but they've at least heard of it now and uh, you know we started gaining ground and uh, so once that happened, the republicans specifically started trying to figure out how to how to eliminate us in whatever way they can and so uh, legislatively they started taking actions and wasting a lot of um, you know public resources to to just try to eliminate competition
1: because therein lies a problem. Uh, when you say that you've been gaining ground, if you've been gaining ground, then they believe that you're perhaps siphoning more votes away from right. Republican candidates uh, right. and making them more vulnerable. Um, right. Can you talk about this uh, uh, this court proceeding uh, that took place here? Basically, uh, you know, you had dozens of Libertarian candidates across the state um, who the the GOP challenged and said these people need to be taken off the November ballot. Um, and, and here's why. Tell us what happened right. there.
0: Um, so this is not the first time they tried it. They tried it in uh, 2020 as well. Um, there, In 2019, the legislature passed a filing fee. They instituted a filing fee statute that had already existed for Republicans and Democrats. Um, they basically pay filing fees in order to participate in the Primary, So to appear on the primary ballot, they pay these fees and these fees go back to the parties, Republican, and Democrat parties, to to subsidize and to offset the cost of their primary elections, which we do not have. We are as a convention, what we call, they, they call a convention party. We have our own convention. So our nominating process for our candidates is self-funded. We put on, you know, it's all at the party's expense and the expense of people who participate. Um, So they instituted this filing fee policy or statute for libertarians and Greens and uh, other third parties and to, you know, supposedly level the playing field, which really didn't do that at all, actually made it worse.
1: What would you say? What do you say to to Republicans who say, come on, you know, we're we're more closely aligned with you than other uh, the other major political party. You are not going to win in these races. We are dominant here in this state. And really, at the end of the day, y'all are just helping the Democrats who you're less closely aligned with than us. What do you say to that?
0: Um, All of that is not true. We disagree with all of that. Uh, There may have been a time that libertarians were seen as, you know, being more aligned with Republicans. I think the way that that would be true is. There was a time when Republican the, uh, the Republican Party was for small government and they're not anymore. They're they're big government, um, you know, warmongers, too. So it's just uh, it's just not true. We don't align with them more than we align with the Democratic Party. We are absolutely 100 percent for, uh, you know, maximum like just social freedoms, individual freedoms from the social aspect. We also are you know, adamant about economic freedom. These are things that the Republicans used to be for, not necessarily the social stuff. Uh, we're definitely not aligned with them now on the social stuff. They have taken a very, very hard right turn. And um, it's very disturbing, frankly. But we, uh, we, we, we just, we believe that if we're going to pull from either side, we're pulling from both sides. And quite frankly, we don't even look at us as a, as just a, you know, a, a left, right spectrum for us. It's, it's multidimensional. You know, we've, for us, the other two axes are authoritarianism and libertarianism, and so we've got left-leaning uh, libertarians, right-leaning libertarians. We don't consider ourselves centrists or moderates in any way. Um, so we just disagree. That that's not. We're not going to get out of their way. And I think that there's going to come a time when the Democrats are probably going to have the same concerns that the Republicans have about us. But we we are we are libertarians. We are anti-authoritarian, anti-tyranny. And neither one of the other parties are. so. And so what you're saying
1: here, too, though, is that if you all are in a race against a Republican and a Democrat and you mm-hmm. happen to, as they say, siphon enough votes away from that Republican candidate, you're not going to be sad if the Democrat oh, wins no. over the Republican if you all lose.
0: No, uh, no, there may be some libertarians in our, you know, in our libertarian community who might not like that too much. But um that's not the party's position. The party's position is we are our own thing. We have our own voters. We are, we are going to pull from voters of, you know, from both persuasions. Otherwise, we're going to pull from voters who've been sort of inactive for a while, too. And uh, if we impact an election, we consider that a good thing. That As being said, thing, do because you have any pr- pr- voters have choice? Sorry. Do you have any
1: predictions uh, about November here in Texas?
0: um i don't i think other than just that i'm pretty sure that our you know our raw vote counts are growing you know very rapidly and the slice of the pie you know percentage wise doesn't necessarily change that much in two way races obviously we do really well we, i've seen you know a, a you know over 30% in some or uh, you know high 20% in some races so i think we'll probably do pretty well in the two ways um getting a lot more votes than uh than we have in the past because maybe Democrats will start actually and or people who haven't been voting will actually vote libertarian just because it's the only other choice in that race. And I think the same might be true in 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 a two way with Democrats where voters are just going to come, you know, vote against whatever they, they consider the establishment. And if we're providing the only option, hopefully people will choose that option instead of, you know, under voting and just skipping that race. Uh, we we probably will, you know, in the past couple cycles, we may have only, um, you know, covered the spread in maybe two or three races. I think we'll probably cover the spread in, in a few more this time around. And I'm actually really excited about that. And uh, it'll be what it'll be. We've got to start voting differently if we want different outcomes.
2: so Whitney will be watching to see what happens. We appreciate your time.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
2: So there you have it.
1: Uh, the I think the stage is set here, uh, Jason. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what effect libertarians have on the vote here in Texas in November. You know, I, I don't think even they are going to tell you that. Oh yeah, we're going to just bag a bunch of, of these races and we're you know taking power, even though they do say that their vote their vote is uh, their vote totals are growing. What's going to be interesting is what we touched on just a bit ago, and that is we're seeing some tight races. Some tighter races in the in the polls anyway than what we have seen in cycles past between Republicans and Democrats. Uh, and does that third party candidate sitting on that ballot, does that upset the dynamics? Does that create uh, some movement uh, in this you know, total Republican domination that we have seen for so many years here in Texas. And the
2: other thing to watch, Jason, are, are these two federal lawsuits that, that are ongoing right now. One was filed in 2018, another one in 2020. Um, and if the Republicans uh, fail in, in this or if, if, the, if the, to say it another way, if the Libertarians succeed in it, um, then the question I have is if filing fees and the signature requirements are taken off the table, and and you can finally run for office, Wheeler, like you've been wanting to do forever and you won't tell our listeners you want to do if that's the last thing I want to do finally happens. Then does does that fuel a a third party that's I don't say well, I guess I should say, does that fuel viable. a viable third party? Does, mm-hmm. does it make that happen? Uh-huh. And does it does it does it knock down some of the Democratic and Republican parties?
1: Yeah, because it would take away that barrier. There are barriers to being able. There's a reason we have two parties. I mean, uh, it's, you know, as we said, it's hard. It's hard to, and we've heard this from people who are trying to create parties. It's hard to create that third party because there's roadblocks everywhere. If you start removing some of those roadblocks, you might have a totally different scenario, uh, not only in this state, but in this country. So, it, yeah, we're going to be watching what happens with those court cases. But before we get to that. We're going to see what happens in November. Does this make a difference that we've got those names still on the ballot here in Texas? Yeah,
2: seven weeks out to the election. We have a, a few pretty good podcasts that we're working on uh, coming up in the next few weeks. We're actually uh, going to go on the road uh, over the next couple of weeks to get some some pretty good guests that we're excited about. So hope you can uh, mm-hmm. tune in for those, download those podcasts. And uh, if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe to Yalltix. If you haven't told your mom and dad about us or your, uh, your kids or your friends or whomever, please let them know that we exist. And, and Wheeler's still going to be on the podcast until they knock down that $3,200 filing fee and he can finally run for office. So uh, it won't just be me. It'll still be Whiteley and Wheeler.
1: I know. I have a feeling it would uh, involve too many early mornings in that profession too. So no, it's not happening. Uh, Thanks as always for being here with us, folks. Uh, we will do it all again next week.